Hello, this is Robert Barge. Welcome to Redemption's Table, where every week we will gather around this table with a special guest to explore the most appetizing ingredient in this menu called life, redemption. I believe in redemption. I believe everybody hungers for redemption, everybody. And the truth is, redemption is all around us every day. It is a recipe that God the Creator sets before us every single moment of our lives. Unfortunately, so much emphasis is placed upon the bad, many have difficulty seeing, experiencing, and tasting the good. So I'm setting out on a journey, going table to conversation, to accentuate the reality of redemption in the lives of everyday people like you and me. A reality that, I believe, finds its ultimate expression in Jesus of Nazareth, who is the not-so-secret ingredient to the redemption we all seek. So, come hungry, join the meal, because Party of Redemption, your table is now ready. Well, hello once again. Welcome to the table. I am delighted today to be sitting in Sinclair's restaurant, Montgomery, Alabama, with special guest Katie Blair. Katie, welcome to the table. Oh, thank you, Robert. I'm glad to be here. I was flipping through a local magazine several months back, and I caught a story. And as I looked at the story, the story drew me in, but then what really caught me, the byline. You had written the article. I thought, I know Katie Blair. Uh, we've known each other for four or five years through a uh, business relationship at yes. church. And uh, you're no longer where you were. You're at, you're at the largest Methodist church in the state of Alabama. I am. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're on staff there at Fraser. I am. I uh, serve in the children's ministry there. And it's an honor to serve there. And I also write for a, a Christian magazine as well. Awesome. Yeah. Which is yeah. the one I referenced. It is. Do you do a weekly article? Uh, or I monthly do monthly. Article? Monthly. Okay. And I have the wonderful blessing of highlighting ministries uh, within what we call the River Region area here <laughs> in Montgomery. So that is Montgomery and the surrounding counties. And I get to meet all kinds of people that are serving the Lord in creative and unique ways. And it's, it's a blessing to me to be able to share those stories with people. Well, I always have my antenna out just to see yeah. who God might bring to the table. And I pick up that magazine periodically when I see it. It's, it's a free periodical. You pick it up in businesses. And that was what I was, when I was flipping through that day, and it wasn't so much I gravitated toward the ministry that was highlighted, but the person who wrote the story. And, well, thank you. I'm glad, uh, to know that, glad to know that you read it. Yes. So. We talked in setting up our time together at the table today. Last week we had Bob Goff. You're a huge Bob Goff fan. Uh, the biggest, and I've got to tell you, I'm a little uh, like nervous to, I mean, who gets to follow Bob Goff? That's Don't look at it that way. <laughs> Bob Goff warmed you up. You know? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's great. You're cool. the headliner. He was just the, he was the opening guy. If I'd have had an extra 10, 15 minutes, I would have brought balloons today because I thought it just perfectly fits past the book instead of the baton the balloon there you go uh -huh. there you go I'll, always got to have balloons always a reason to celebrate and um, I, I'm happy to be here yeah. thank you for inviting me to the table you're welcome well it was the height of irony to be talking to Bob Goff on Ash Wednesday um, here we are in the season of Lent and we're moving from you know we talked with the Bob the Bob talk last week those of you who are listening go back and listen to it it was wonderful but we're looking today kind of moving toward another direction and when we visited over the phone 
as you begin to share your journey the last several months, I recognize you're in a broken season. You've gone through a broken season right now. And so, uh, talk, let's just share with those listening. Where have you been? What's been going on in your journey these past few months? And, Sure. Um, we we certainly have been walking uh, through a season of brokenness. Um, I uh, lost my mother and my father um, relatively back to back. My husband and I also um, lost our home to a house fire, and my son was facing a very serious chronic uh, chronic illness, and it's just been a season of. A lot of downs, mm-hmm. um, a lot of downs, but there have been a lot of sweet ups in this journey as well. And um, a lot of people hear the things that have happened to us and they say, how do you get out of bed each morning? And the answer is simple, because God, God is sovereign. God gets us up. We have a reason to live because of that. And the season of brokenness there have been tears, but there has also been some great joy that has come from this season as well. When did it begin? When when um, was the first thing that happened? So the first thing that happened was um, six years ago, actually on Ash Wednesday, um, we got a very uh, life-changing phone call that one of our dear friends and um, church pastor had been killed in a car accident. And um, his name that. is Glenn Pugh. And we were blessed to count Glenn and Carla as, as dear friends, as long uh, as well as their children, Hunter and Hillary. Um, and receiving that phone call just was the was the beginning of a of a long journey of sadness. Um, Glenn was our pastor, and like I mentioned, a very very dear friend. Losing him locked our just truly rocked our world um, in a way that we couldn't imagine and two months after his death my son became very very ill and what we thought was a simple case of appendicitis uh, turned out to be a chronic illness that would require years and years and years of, of hard treatments followed by serious surgeries um, and I'm happy to report that my son just had his third and final surgery Amen. and is doing much much better but That's it's awesome. been a long journey so that is definitely something to celebrate um, and like I said during that time um, my son was sick and then my husband and I um, we lost our home and about 95% of our belongings to a house fire. Um, I say my husband and I, my, my children too. Mm-hmm. I have two children, um, Andy and Amelia, and we lost our home, and that was very hard. And um, then my mother died very unexpectedly from a heart attack. And it's just some of the saddest, saddest times in my life. Um, my husband and I both just um, truly never would have imagined uh, that one day we would wake up and everything is just same old, same old. And by that evening, the only thing that we would have is the clothes on our back. Mm. And uh, God was merciful in surrounding us with um, 
family and friends that took us right in. And if you had told us that we would one day, you know, you always hear clothe the naked. Mm -hmm. We never thought we would be the naked. Yeah. <laughs> and um, a turning point for us um, in our journey is we were standing um, in front of dear, dear friend Stephen Lorquez. They took us in the night after our fire and Steve, my husband Steve was standing in borrowed clothes and I was standing in borrowed clothes while we were waiting for the one dress that I had on the day of the fire and the outfit that Steve had on the day of the fire, waiting for those to be washed so that we could go and meet with our insurance agent the next morning. And just looking at each other like, how did this happen? Where we've led such a simple, quiet life, nothing ever exciting happens. We haven't done anything, you know, unusual. We we just always kind of been the rule followers, and 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 to find ourselves in this situation was just unsettling. I, I hate to say that we said that would never happen to us, but that's kind of where we were. Yeah. We never thought that we would find ourselves in that situation. Um, standing in borrowed clothes um, not knowing what the next step would be mm -hmm. and that night before we went to bed we just looked at each other and said it's going to be okay God is already there God's already there and we we have kept true to that um, belief all through this season of loss yeah. and um, when my mother died very unexpectedly that was another moment of God is with us. God's already there. We're going to be okay. Now, when my season of brokenness began, I've described it as like I'm standing on the deck of a, of a boat and things are sailing along nicely. There's waves, but you know, nothing that, you know, God's, with God's help cannot navigate. I'm standing on the deck of this boat, this rogue wave hits out of nowhere. And one moment I'm standing on deck and when the wave sweeps through, suddenly I'm in the ocean and there is no more boat. It's a disconcerting feeling when that comes. You did not see that coming. So. I think that that is the perfect analogy. You know, just Steve and I, like I said, we were just rocking along. Just average family. Um, I was a school teacher and my husband also was a school teacher and was at that time working um, in the technology department for the school system and just average average in the family we did the average things nothing extraordinary whatsoever um, and the rug got yanked out from under our feet yeah C.S. Lewis said this, I, was, I thought about a C.S. Lewis quote coming in uh, this morning. He said, pain insists upon uh, being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Well, how would you respond to that quote? <laughs> hmm. Pain, demanding attention. When I think about that,
I never had experienced the kind of pain that we experienced. And I thought I could pray the pain away. And I couldn't. We had to address it. And I'd like to tell you that I said, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. But the truth is, I had my hands tightly grasped around that, that pain in one hand and shook my fist at God in the other. Yeah. And some days were better than others, but that pain was not going to just go away on its own. Um, God and I had a lot of talks yeah. during that time, a lot of heart-to-heart, -heart serious talks. Um, and he told us very clearly that we were going to be allowed to walk through this pain, but that he was going to be glorified in everything that, that was a result of our loss. Um, I have always told my children, um, you know, people are watching your actions, but they're also watching your reactions. Yeah. And I feel like that was something that um, was true in our case. Um, people would watch, watch our actions, yes, but it was how we chose to react to that pain. And like I said from early on, Steve and I decided that, that God had this, we knew that God had this, and that we were going to glorify Him in everything that we said and did yeah. as a result of this pain. So, does pain demand attention? It does. Yeah. You can't stuff it down and yeah. hope that it will go away. It has to be addressed. Yeah. yeah. Just going, I, I have just recently had the thought, I, I went to the J's, and what I mean by that is immediately, because as you share your story, first thing I'm thinking about, Job, you know, yeah. go to the J's. Yeah. I you know, read the book of Job. I, I spent months over the book of Job, but you got Job, you got the story of Joseph, Old Testament Joseph. Uh, you've got Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. And then of course, the ultimate J, Jesus. Yes. But you go to the J's in moments like that and you see how different individuals have responded to pain and suffering and there are lessons to be learned in all of them. But yeah, you talked about shaking your fist at God. Job did that. He, he said, uh, he didn't curse. He said, what do you want me to do, curse God and die? But he pushed it all the way to the limit when he, when he, he cursed the day he was born. You know, I wish I'd never been born. And God can handle all that uh, in His grace and His love and His mercy. But yeah, it's, it's that, that tension between, you said, you said you had two hands, and one hand you're holding on to the Father, and the other you're, you're airing it out with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, through that pain, um, my relationship with God has become so much closer. I, I would like to say I wish I could have done it the easier way, um, but through the pain, there has become such a deep, beautiful relationship between our Heavenly Father and I, I truly talk to Him like my Father. Mm -hmm. And to have that um, 
relationship where I can just say, hey, God, (laughs) this is what's going on. And knowing that he knows full and well what's going on. Um, But to have that conversation just like you would have with your earthly father is something that's very near, dear, and precious to me now. I listened to a Mark Batterson sermon. I like him. He's pastor of National Community Church in Washington, D.C. And I heard him say this two or three days ago. He said three years ago his wife, Laura, was diagnosed with breast cancer. And... he said this, he said he attributed a lot of her healing to a question she asked of cancer when cancer entered her life, what have you come to teach me? And I'm like, wow, I wish I had, I wish I had that question in my, in, in my understanding 10 years ago, because uh, then I would have asked that of that adversity, that moment of broken when it came in, what do you have to teach me? From that, I ask you this, what has God taught you? What are some of the main things He's taught you through this season? Um, God has has taught a lot um, to us, but one of my biggest takeaways has been, um, there's there's a Hebrew word um, that I like. It, it appears three times, I believe, in the Bible. Um, and the word is hanini. And it's Hebrew for here I am. Hmm. And um, through my work with children's ministry, we were able to go to a conference in January and listen to Beth Guckenberger speak. She's the author of um, Start With Amen. It's a, it's a great book. Um, but she speaks of just being open to the things that happen in life and standing in agreement with God and saying, here I am here I am. And so the takeaway for me has been that life is going to happen to us. Life, the good things are going to happen and the not so good things are going to happen. And to be able to say with a pure heart, here I am. God, I stand in agreement with you. Whatever you require of me, here I am. Here I am. Because I know you're right here with me. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Um, can I tell you that losing all your possessions and your and, and the security of your child's health and losing your friend, is that easy? No, absolutely not. Is it easy to bury your mother and then soon after have to bury your father? No, it's, it's not easy. I'm not the first to go through these trials and tribulations, and I won't be the last. But what a beautiful, beautiful lesson um, we have been given. My husband and I both um, have been given this time to um, connect with God in a way that we didn't even know was possible. Now, do I wish we could have done it without all the hurt and heartache? I do. I do. Um, But it comes back to here I am. Lord, we stand in agreement with you. Whatever it is you require of us. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful way. Beautiful what he's taught you. Beautiful way to look at it. Uh, I see it as a gift. Uh, That may strike folks strange, but... I I think looking at pain as a gift um, is an unusual way maybe of looking at pain, but it has totally reframed um, 
the the way that the way that my husband and I look at at life and the circumstances that that come with that, and um, we try to reframe that with the lenses of none of this is a surprise to you, Lord. We know that that you're here. Yeah. What will you require of us? What do you want us to do with this? And um, we we have tried to shine our light to to others um, as you know we live in a hurting world and and trying to minister to those that are hurting um, we feel like we speak a little bit from experience having uh, had the losses that, that we've experienced um, and just trying to meet people's needs whether that be physical needs emotional needs but above all just walking with them through pain that pain. There's a part of me that's still raw. That's amazing to say. And it that's when I say the gift, it's it's such a sensitivity. It's like I in a matter of weeks felt like I had all my calluses pulled off. And what was left was the raw of that and that, you know, is grief, sorrow. But at the same time, it's like after an extended period of time, I didn't come on this, come to this conclusion overnight. It wasn't, you know, it, but it was like this is our touchstone with everyone else. And when we lose that, and I don't want to lose it, I never want to lose that again. Because then I'm kind of sailing through my world and I'm not paying attention to the people that are on the periphery. Here's what I discovered. See, I'm just going to ask you, do you see the same thing? Have you noticed, by being broken and going through a grieving season, have you noticed other people who are also grieving, but they may have never said a word to you? Your vision changes. Your, your, the way you look at things, the way you react to things, the way that you choose to carry yourself throughout the day. Um, yes, yes. Pain and experiencing tremendous heartache, your lenses change. They have to change um, if you're going to continue to move forward. Yeah. You're going to have to change your lenses. Your your heart has been changed. Everything about you changes. Um, what you decide to do with that change is up to you, of course, but it does change your whole outlook on things. Um, uh, and, and you just become too attuned to realizing that there's not a person with a beating heart on this planet that is not experiencing some sort yeah. of pain. Um, whether it be a physical pain or whether it be the, the loss of, of something or someone. Um, yes, it changes the way that you, that you act. And again, um, like I tell my children, the way you react. Um, it changes that. I, I have a sign that I've kept in every classroom I've taught in or, or office that I've had, and it says, every day you have a choice. You can make it a great day or a not so great day. You might as well make it a great day. And I think we can substitute the word uh, life for the word day and say, you know, every day we've been given life. We can choose to make it a great life or a not so great life. The choice is up to us. And I don't know about anybody else, but I've been given this one life. And I've been given a God who loves me, mm -hmm. 
and I can't help but want to share that with others and especially those that are hurting um, and walk that walk with them and walk that pain um, with them. That's, Steve and I, that's, that's the one thing that, that we just cling to during uh, this season is the community that we have been given. Um, you know, friends who literally will clothe you when you have nothing to wear. Um, friends who will come and dry your tears when you don't have a mom and dad left on this earth to dry those tears for you and um, yeah, pain it changes you Yeah. but I think it can change you for the better oh yeah yeah yes yeah I was out walking at the park yesterday saw a man, young man sitting on the bench and I could just tell in his facial expression a lot was going on between between his eyes, you know, between the ears. He's just deep in thought. And I paused and I stopped and I engaged him in conversation. And ultimately I asked two questions. These questions popped into my life about six months ago. I'm sure they came from somewhere way back in my past because just one day I thought, well, here's an opening question. You know, uh, you ask somebody, where are you hurting? Where's your hope? That'll help you get uh, real quickly an assessment of, of where a person is. Those are uncommon questions we don't often hear, especially a stranger walking up and asking. Right. And for me, some of it came out of the fact I was, I was alone a lot of times going through my season of brokenness. I would be in, I would sit, be sitting at a table like we're doing today, except I'd be sitting alone and tears just fall from my eyes and very seldom. I'm hard-pressed to recall even a single time when somebody walked up to me and said, are you okay? And I thought, I'm going to leverage this so that when I'm through this, I don't don't want to miss somebody else going through something without stopping, because there's a moment right there to touch, to reach out. I think that this has taught me that everyone has a grief story to share. Um, we typically think of grief as the the passing of a loved one, um, but it it can be so much more. It can be the death of a dream. It can be the death of you know maybe you got passed over for that promotion you were hoping for. Um, maybe you're facing financial challenges. Um, death can come in many forms, and grief stories are a part of all of this. And um, I think just being able to sit with someone and let them share that grief story is important yeah. and, and will help. Um, Jesus was the ultimate uh, person who would walk along beside the, the hurting, and I think we are called to be those hands and feet, especially having experienced great loss mm-hmm. and knowing what that feels like. Um, I think it makes us a little bit more in tune to um, helping and, and listening, just listening to go. somebody. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yes, it's wonderful to be able to offer the physical comforts and needs and meet those needs, and there's absolutely a place for that. But just to offer the gift of listening to a hurting person, mm-hmm. if we listened to the hurting in this world, imagine what that would do. Yeah. And so just um, just really taking the time to listen to the hurting and to the grieving um, 
in a small way. Mm-hmm. That's that's what uh, I hope I can do yeah. to others that are walking a painful journey. Yeah. Just listen and let them share. Yeah, yeah. I'm not here to preach a sermon. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm here to listen yeah. and ask questions and just give them the opportunity to, to yeah. share and experience. Yeah. yeah. And you're right, man. If we if we could if we heard the hurting in our world, all creation groans. And I think it would be deafening to us if we actually heard that grief. Our Father hears it. Yes. And yes. you shared a, an idea you have, because uh, I brought a little bit more than I normally bring to the table today uh, in the way of our microphones, the microphone I normally use, but I also have my in-studio mic here, which I put a little sign on that says, Quiet, Please, Podcast Recording, Thanks. And I think I was like uh, waving a red flag in front of a bull because it, it doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> I know, but the teacher in me loves that you have a sign that says, Quiet, Please. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't think anybody read it, but that's no. okay. That's okay. But you um, have this idea. Yeah, you you were asking me because you feel led to do a podcast. I I do I do. Um, That's beautiful. I, thank you. I'm really excited about it. Um, I tend to express myself better through written word than spoken word, and I have always enjoyed writing, and that has been a form of uh, therapy and healing for me. Um, but I also like to listen to others too, and that. Um, that has been something that has been on my heart and like I said I truly believe everybody has a grief story that that needs to be heard and when I went through this series of just back to back losses and I keep saying I my husband was right there with me my husband is a a wonderful support system and the Lord has blessed me greatly with him Um, but when we were going through this season of loss um, just to have somebody sit down and listen to our story Mm -hmm. was important and I think that there are so many others that that want their story heard and so um, I am in the beginning process of having a uh, podcast and it has a name it's called she said death Um, she said death she said death yes s-h-e-s-a-i-d the word death and you know as a as a good southern girl we don't usually use the word death too much we have have fancy euphemisms for that um we said that somebody passed or we lost that person and i'm here to tell you i did not lose my mother i know exactly where she is she is she died um and i truly believe in my heart she is she is with jesus um but we don't we don't talk about death in an everyday thing uh, everyday conversation, we talk about, um, like you said, the the euphemisms. We we lost somebody, mm-hmm. um, and I would like to give people the opportunity to talk about death and give uh, give that a space at the table. It's taboo talk in a way, mm-hmm. but to bring death conversations and let's talk about death. Let's talk about what it means to. Um, experience the death of a loved one. Yeah. What does it mean? Let's talk about the practical things. Let's talk about what does it mean to <laughs> probate a will? What do, what do you do after someone has died? What do you do after the casseroles stop coming? I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Methodist, so we're, we're good on those casseroles. <laughs> and, you know, what, what happens after that? Um, what what happens when you are facing, um, in, the, in, in my case, I'm facing... <clears throat> You know, what do I do with all of my parents' belongings that I don't necessarily 
need or 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 want to bring into my own home what what do I do with all that what what happens to all of that so lots of questions lots of practical questions and lots of heartfelt questions too mm-hmm. and have conversations centered around that so look for the podcast she said death hopefully we'll be launching uh, late spring you so. get it going I'll make sure I'll be plugging it so great yeah, <laughs> I think that's awesome because I think so many for, for a multitude of reasons, when they go through grief and sorrow, sometimes they're going through it alone, mm-hmm. or they think mm-hmm. they're alone, or they, they think they're the only ones that are having and struggling with the thoughts that they're having. And so I just see tremendous uh, uh, healing coming through such conversations, bringing it to the table. Yes. So that's, yes. That's, no pun intended since no, we're sitting at the table. No. But in, in, when you shared what you were doing, I thought, okay, you're leveraging your own grief. Yes. And, and giving God an opportunity to, to even use the brokenness in your life to engage in the brokenness in others. The day after everything fell apart, my wheels came off. I heard a, a quote, and I, I say it often on the podcast, um, what God allows, He redeems. And the addition to that is, if what God has allowed is surrendered to Him to redeem it. And I think that's the key right there. So it's really awesome that you've got the podcast coming. I'll be glad to have to assist in any way I can. I'm so excited in there again. That's another example of the people that God places in your path. Um, they're there for yeah. a reason. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm grateful. Pay, grateful yeah, and I encourage those listening, pay attention to, to who is around you. Uh, you know, often the answer you're looking for or the help you need is right under your nose. Exactly. Uh, so, well, thank you for coming to the table today. I want to ask one final question, and hopefully they put our order in. We're, we kind of did a flip today. Usually we eat first and talk later, but uh, we anticipated this restaurant filling up. It's a good restaurant here, and you've eaten here a lot, right? I, I have. This this is a, a fun spot for me and, and lots of yummy food. So, yes, Sinclair's is great. I've eaten here before. I don't know that I've eaten at this location. They used to be over in, in Cloverdale. Old Cloverdale. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so they I'm, did. Yeah. So they, they moved out here, and, and we enjoy this. And um, had the luxury of working not too far from this restaurant and fell in love with it. <laughs> so here we are. And we're both, you ordered the vegetable quesadillas, I ordered I the chicken quesadillas. So it's quesadilla day here. Quesadilla day. And the hey. sun is shining in Alabama. So Very grateful yeah, for that. Yeah. It's, it's a good day. It is a good day. Sunday on Friday. So. Absolutely. So. What's your favorite scripture? What is a scripture that God, we'll, we'll part on this question, uh, a scripture that God used in your life? It's Ecclesiastes 4.12. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Um, that is a scripture that my husband and I have leaned on uh, at different times, but definitely during this season. Uh, you know, if you've got... If you've got God, <laughs> you've got you've got everything. You've got a cord of three strands. Um, I'm so thankful that that I have a husband that loves the Lord deeply and is a godly man and uh, has been able to uh, really 
be the stronghold when when I needed an earthly stronghold. He's been able to take over and be that strength for me. But we know ultimately that there's no earthly person that can be as strong as our Lord is. And what a wonderful person to have. Um, I get to the cord of three strands. Um, I think of it being God, my husband, and myself. So, yeah. Wow. Good work. Lots of strength. Yep. And his name's Andy, right? Steve. Steve. Sorry, yeah. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Steve is my Steve is my husband. We've been it'll be 27 years in June that we've been married, and uh, our son Andy is 24. I knew and there was an Andy there. Is Andy? Our daughter Amelia is almost 20. So fun, fun times with um, a great husband and, and two great kids. We are enjoying watching them in this season of young adulthood and it's, it's lots of fun. Well, Katie, thank you again for coming to the table. We're about to dive into some quesadillas. Yes, here. we so, are. <laughs> uh, for those of you listening, we'll see you right back here next Monday morning. You hear the words go out, party of redemption, your table is now available. Until then, we'll see you later.